Hello and welcome to our webinar. Today we're going to talk about attack surface management and how to find results from our leadership compass through KC OpenSelect. I'm John Tolbert, Director of Cybersecurity Research here at Cooper & Cole. So a little bit of logistic info before we get begin. Um, everyone's muted centrally. Uh, we control that, so there's no need to mute or unmute, unmute yourself. We're going to do two poll questions, and we'll talk about the results at the end. You can submit questions and answers in the CVENT control panel at any time, and we'll take the questions at the end. And then lastly, we're recording uh, this, so both the recording and the slides will be available in a couple of days. So I'm going to start off by talking about attack surface management, what it is, uh, what are the trends, and then how to look for the results of our research in KC OpenSelect. And then we'll do the poll results and questions at the end. So first of all, what is attack surface management? How does it work? And what are some of the key features, trends, and our predictions for where it will go? You know, we tried to group uh, the major functions into four big categories. Um, so what we see here is asset discovery and classification is uh, one of the key features. Uh, it's where it all begins. Um, and by asset discovery and classification, this can use either uh, passive or active techniques for asset discovery. In the case of passive, it's you know listening on a network, uh, trying to figure out what traffic is going by. Um, active would be more active things like actual port scanning, going through DNS, looking for records, uh, doing network mapping, uh, and then using the information that results from that to classify what kind of asset is it. Risk prioritization. This would be using uh, vulnerability assessment tools, vulnerability management tools, checking uh, configurations of services that are deployed, and then being able to get the actual business context. It's not just about looking to see what kinds of assets are out there. That's a good starting place, but it's also important to know, uh, you know, is this an important machine that uh, could be, you know, a primary attack vector, you know, on an attack path? Uh, risk prioritization helps organizations understand which ones are the most critical ones to remediate most quickly. Mitigation and remediation. Um, mostly we think of, you know, updating patches, uh, getting configurations corrected if they're incorrect. For attack surface management, generally these solutions um, will help uh, develop a list of assets that need to be um, patched, for example. They don't do the patching for you. It's not like a patch management system, uh, but they can provide guidance in some cases in a step-by-step -step fashion that makes it um, much easier for IT staff to work on. Then lastly, dashboards and reports. Uh, Got to be able to visualize what's out there, look at metrics, uh, you absolutely have to have alerts when thing when critical items are found, and then being able to uh, track progress on uh, a, a list of vulnerabilities when they're closed, when when things are in a much more secure position. So it helps with the uh, tracking as well. 
So I think it's good to mention at the outset here, there are two major approaches for uh, attack surface management. There's the external side, uh, EASM, it's often called. Uh, this is really about looking at public facing assets, things that are live on the internet, on the web. Uh, a customer organization would, in some cases, start simply just by going to the EASM solution provider site and entering a domain. And from there, they will uh, enumerate all sorts of permutations of other, um, you know, subdomains, uh, find IP addresses that may be associated, look specifically for applications and certificates. It's very helpful for being able to uh, do certificate management even. Um, then there's the aspect of vulnerability assessment. Some of these solutions have... Uh, vulnerability assessment capabilities. Some of them rely on third-party products for that. Um, and either way, it's important to be able to do good contextual risk, risk analysis on all the assets that are discovered. On the other side, we have cyber asset attack surface management. This is, I'd say, a little bit more internally focused. Uh, some of the solutions that do CAASM uh, can do both passive or active listening, but they also may import in, uh, information from uh, asset management solutions, configuration management databases. But really what they do here is add a layer of uh, vulnerability analysis uh, and business context. Again, helping to figure out which are the most important assets uh, and then apply controls as needed. So beyond the two top level uh, use cases or, or types of ASM, we find ASM being used for a variety of other use cases. These are really interesting. Uh, shadow IT discovery, uh, IoT devices. So many organizations have IoT devices and they're probably not even aware of all of them that are out there. Uh, organizations that are in the operational technology or industry or running industrial control systems uh, it can be hard to get a handle on all the different devices that are running in your different environments there too. ASM can actually help with that, provide and also provide you know the vulnerability and, and risk prioritization in those environments for some vendor solutions. Uh, dark web monitoring. I'll say a little bit more about that in a, in a few minutes, but this is kind of what it sounds like looking at the dark web and being able to provide. Uh, very specific threat intelligence to their subscribing customers. Brand protection um, is definitely related to ASM and dark web monitoring even, but also adding uh, an element of, say, email and social media uh, analysis as well. DevSecOps integration uh, for you know test environments, for development environments. Threat modeling, attack path modeling, once you have uh, vulnerability and asset information, being able to figure out what the most likely attack paths are is very useful. Taking that one step uh, farther even is breach and attack simulation. Uh, there are specialty solutions for uh, breach and attack simulation, and some of the ASM vendors also offer this too. This is uh, exactly like it sounds like, running a, a simulated attack showing you know which paths might be most critical or most likely to be compromised and providing you know generally very good visualizations for that and, and very specific recommendations of how to close off those possible attack paths. 
And then lastly, regulatory compliance, um, regulatory and security framework compliance, I should say. Uh, we all have lots of different uh, regulations or frameworks that we need to comply with, and for good reason. They do help improve security posture. And, and I'll I'll show uh, some of the results here, which um, which regulatory uh, regimes and security frameworks uh, ASM can assist with. So in terms of integrations, um, ASM really, in, for EASM, external ASM, it can really function autonomously uh, in most cases. You, like I said, you could, in some cases, simply go off, enter your domain name, start a service with um, one of the solution providers, and they will run everything externally. You don't really need any infrastructure for that. But it can be helpful to have that information flowing back into the rest of your security architecture and other IT tools. For cyber asset uh, ASM, uh, it's I think integrations are really key there. Uh, you've got to be able to get information from other uh, parts of your security infrastructure in order to make use of what CASM can do for you. So some of the, the most important integrations are IT service management that can help with uh, issue tracking, case management, uh, SIM, uh, you know, your monitoring systems, SOAR, uh, security orchestration, automation, and response. Third-party threat intelligence. Many organizations have subscriptions to uh, third-party threat intelligence already. Uh, so if you would like to be able to use that in your ASM, it would be good to know if you can get those things connected. Uh, most ASM solutions either have some built-in cyber threat intelligence or some of these vendors actually have their own dedicated threat research teams. So they get uh, very specific threat intel. Uh, but yeah, if you're already using threat intelligence and you want that to be considered by your ASM, uh, you should find out whether or not those integrations are possible. Uh, you'll want to be able to use your own IAM system for authenticating your uh, admins and analysts. And then others here are more sources of information uh, for ASM, things like unified endpoint management, mobile device management, vulnerability management systems. Again, some of the ASM solutions have vulnerability assessment management capabilities and some don't. So it's important to check whether or not the ASM vendor you're looking at uh, has uh, integrations with the vulnerability management system you currently have. Then things like PAM, privileged access management, cloud infrastructure entitlement management. These help you get a handle on the IAM and uh, aspects of uh, what's externally visible. And then lastly, endpoint security and uh, XDR for uh, additional asset information, or even for controls uh, to remediate things, the discovered issues. So when we talk about vulnerability types, um, what kinds of vulnerabilities are these solutions looking for? Well, CVEs are pretty well known. There's also the exploit prediction uh, scoring system. There are other national systems like the US CISA's um, known exploited vulnerabilities, the National Vulnerability Database. Then there are, are more general things like OWASP top 10, uh, and then looking for missing patches where that can be determined. You know, many organizations are running, you know, maybe even without their knowledge, out of date or end of life software. 
They may have missing controls. You may find, again, on the identity side, unauthorized access is possible or over-provisioned entitlements, and then misconfigurations. Uh, and this can be things like, you know, not uh, sufficiently hardening the machines or services that are exposed. So I mentioned dark web monitoring earlier. Uh, what they do in, in many cases, and again, there's a lot of variety of what's possible uh, and what each of the different vendor solutions actually does here. But they do things like look for compromised credentials uh, on the dark web. They can look for leaked or stolen uh, intellectual property. They can look for leaked or stolen PII. And this can include, you know, really valuable things like passport information, EIDs, driver's licenses, even photos for, let's say, biometric use. Some of these solution providers have, uh, like I said, very advanced threat research teams. They um, may follow APT actor groups. Um, they, in some cases, track cyber criminal forums. Um, and they may, some of them actually monitor malware and exploit trading forums. And they do this so that they can provide you know, very, very handcrafted threat intelligence to their customers to let them know specifically what kinds of threats they may be facing. So there's a long list of different uh, uh, regulatory uh, regimes and security frameworks. Uh, not every single one of the vendors uh, that you'll see here uh, in KC Open Select or the Leadership Compass does all of these, but this is kind of a, a sample of the, you know, all the different um, compliance regimes that can be uh, addressed by ASM. So again, it's important to look uh, to find out what um, what specific regulations uh, an ASM solution can help you with. And depending on the business you're in, you know, you can even find um, industry specific things like HIPAA or PCI DSS. Uh, as well as the, the, the more common ISO and, and NIST cybersecurity framework and various special publications that are out there. And things like SOC 2 Type 2 or, you know, uh, cloud compliance. Those are also things that uh, many organizations would like to have uh, even better visibility of, uh, and ASM can help with these. So let's take our first poll question. Uh, now that you've heard a bit about it, um, I'm, I'm curious to find out, does your organization already have an attack surface management solution in place? And our choices here are A, yes we do, B, no we don't. And if you don't find it useful, maybe that's a, a good way to indicate that. Uh, or C, not yet, but we're, we're searching for it or we're going to be searching for it. So I'll give you a few seconds to answer that. And we will take a look at the end. So, you know, here are some conclusions that we reached after looking at uh, ASM solutions in the market. You know, it's still an evolving field. Um, it, there's, like I said, there's a wide range of features that you can find, even on the uh, EASM side, which seems to be a bit more prevalent at the moment. Um, and I think, you know, over time, there will be there will be a standardized feature set. Uh, but in the interim, you know, I think 
uh, it will be interesting to watch how these develop and to see which features do kind of become uh, accepted as standard. Uh, not all ASM vendors have uh, fully in-house developed components. As I was kind of hinting at, you know, vulnerability management is one uh, example. So many of them rely on other third-party products. Some may have OEM'd in specific bits, bits of functionality. And, you know, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is just, uh, it, it depends on what's most important to you as a um, uh, consuming organization, what, uh, what your position is on that. So if they have the features that you need, I think that's probably the most important thing to look at. Uh, as I mentioned, integrations with different kinds of security and IT tools, uh, they can that's really essential for enabling ASM, um, uh, CASM especially. Uh, some do the dark web monitoring if you think that's uh, important to your organization. Uh, when you get into KC Open Select, that will... Uh, you know, that will become clear which ones have those kinds of capabilities. Uh, some of these also uh, do uh, have additional services like manual or automated penetration testing or even red teaming services. So this can be an add-on or, or something that could be offered uh, that can help take the information that uh, is discovered through the course of you know, normal usage of ASM and uh, make it even more tailored for an individual customer. And some vendors have some of these uh, limited brand protection features. Um, I think that too will uh, become a bit more common. And the fact that's one of the predictions here, uh, brand protection, digital risk protection will become uh, more important for ASM solution providers. I think EASM will be uh, an absolutely essential part of any web-facing organization's security architecture. Um, those feature sets are growing. They'll standardize. Um, right now, we see a lot of variation, and and you know that really starts with where the the vendor came from. If they're let's say really strong in asset management or configuration management uh, database, then you'll see that. Uh, that's probably where, you know, they have the greatest strengths at the moment and they, they're building out capabilities. But each one of the vendors you'll see started at a different place. And I think that's why you find uh, different strengths in different products. Lastly, I think that, you know, EASM and CAASM uh, are, will eventually sort of merge into just a single unified ASM offering reason for that is um, I would imagine that CIOs, CISOs uh, will would probably prefer to deal with one vendor, have one contract rather than multiple. So let's stop and do another poll question here. Uh, and this one is, which ASM approach seems most uh, useful for your organization? And our choices are external ASM, cyber asset ASM, or both. So when we did our latest round of research on this, um, again, we these are the, the functional evalu evaluation criteria that we were looking at. Uh, and you'll see this kind of maps back to uh, the, the, the main functions that we talked about at the beginning, asset discovery and classification, vulnerability assessment and monitoring, 
cyber threat intelligence. You know, that includes both, you know, having uh, a threat research team or using multiple third-party CTI sources, the digital risk and brand intel, remediation, which again, mostly is um, discovering what the vulnerabilities are, listing out missing patches, listing configuration changes. And in some cases, the, the solution providers here will give very detailed guidance, which I think is um, you know a real strength when they can do that. The last two are looking at the breadth of attack vectors and then overall architecture and administration, what it's like to use the product uh, from an, uh, an end user organization's point of view. So we use the same uh, similar process for uh, KC Open Select is for the leadership compass. So I thought we'd quickly go through uh, what our methodology and, and standard categories that we rate against. So how we do it, we look for uh, all the vendors in a field, we get briefings, demonstrations, we create a, a large technical questionnaire, send it off, get the responses. Then we look at the information that we've received, we write a first draft, we go through a fact check process. And once all that is agreed upon and done, then we publish it on our website. This also goes into KC Open Select, which we just uh, ASM launched within KC Open Select just recently. We have nine standard categories that we rate against uh, security. Uh, this is not about how much security a product delivers to a customer, but more about uh, what is the internal security of the product like. Uh, does it use things like uh, or require strong authentication? Does it have role-based access control? Or, or is its data encrypted? Um, is it using the, the latest versions, protocols, things like that? Then we look at the functionality. Uh, this is, uh, does it have all the features that we think it should? And we just kind of ran through the list of features there. So you'll, you'll know what we mean there. Integration, um, what can it connect with? Does it you know, have a large number of connectors? Is it easy to extend with uh, APIs? Interoperability, you know, does it work uh, well with other services? Can it connect to your SIM? Can it use your ITSM? Uh, can it pull in data from other configuration management databases in these cases? Then usability, this is, you know, how easy is it for an end user organization to, to interact with it on a regular basis? And we also look at innovation, you know, is it a leading edge or kind of playing catch up kind of product? Uh, what's the market like? Uh, it, how many customers, um, you know, which industries are targeted? Ecosystem, you know, do they have uh, suppliers or, or partners that they can uh, leverage to help customers deploy and maintain? And then lastly, the overall financial strength. So in KC Open Select and this leadership compass, here's the list of vendors that we uh, surveyed. It's a, a pretty long list. Uh, and again, I think that's interesting because it shows it's a, you know, a very dynamic and uh, space within cybersecurity. So here I kind of quickly just want to run through and, and show you a glimpse of what uh, KC Open Select has to offer and then invite you to go try it out for yourself. KC Open Select is our, our tool that 
helps end user organizations get started on the path of figuring out what products or services may be right for their organization. It's based on our research. Uh, It helps you uh, to get a feel for what's out there in the market. And then as you'll see here in a minute, you can even take the use cases and capabilities uh, and the results from our research uh, and and sort of get a, a more customized view of what what may be right for your organization. So if you come to our website uh, and go to KC Open Select uh, on the top here, uh, attack surface management is near the top. You'll open that up and then you'll start by getting um, you know an overview of attack surface management, kind of what I've been describing so far today. You can scroll down to see individual vendors, um, like the ones that I listed there, and I've, I've chosen one um, kind of at random here to sort of represent uh, what that menu item is like. So you can read through here, find out more information about individual vendors, uh, background on them, location, things like that, where uh, the history, and then also, of course, features. You can then also come in and look at the various use cases. You can uh, use our, our spider chart to uh, click and drag these different points into which of these features you think are most interesting to you and your organization. Then you can it will automatically sort based on that, and then you can click down to see the, the results. In this case, uh, you'll find the ones that most closely match, you know, how you have positioned the individual points on the spider chart. And then you can go through and, and see how they have rated in um, in the attack service management research that we've done. Uh, since Casey Open Select is really designed to help companies with, uh, let's say, doing an RFP, we also give questions that are helpful in if you want to set up an RFP to say look at a given field like ASM. Uh, these are some questions and some general answers that you might expect uh, from vendors when they're being asked um, in an RFP sort of context. So with that, uh, we will move on to look at our poll results. Okay. Here we go. Does your organization have an attack surface management solution? Well, great. More than 50% say yes, uh, and a little less than half say no. So that is uh, great to know. It's a, a little bit better than I would have expected. Um, so that's that's good to see that uh, organizations are actively using this already. Let's move to the next one. Which ASM approach seems most useful for your organization? Um, EASM uh, at 17, uh, Cyber Asset ASM at one third, and about half say both. You know, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that uh, uh, both have really good kinds of functionality that I think can very much help with. Uh, deterring uh, sophisticated cyber threats that we see today. So now let's take a look at and see if we have any questions in the queue. And we have 
Let's see. ASM sounds like a service that large companies might use. Is it really applicable for small or medium-sized businesses? I would say yes, you know, and maybe especially so. Um, these, in the case of like EASM, uh, again, it's something. It's it's a SaaS delivered service. It's uh, something that uh, doesn't really require additional resources on the part of the customer organization. Uh, so yeah, if you're a small or medium-sized business and you have a web presence, then absolutely, I think uh, attack surface management is is very useful. It can also be great for the internal or the cyber asset uh, asset attack surface management aspect as well. Uh, I, I think it's it's not necessarily the size of the company that's important. It's uh, are you addressing all the possible attack vectors and can you uh, get good risk prioritization information? Because especially in the case of, you know, small and medium-sized businesses, if you don't have, you know, say sufficient staff, then something that helps you prioritize risks uh, becomes even more essential. Let's see, the next one. Um, what are the common challenges and best practices associated with implementing an attack surface management program? Uh, I think... Let's see. Well, common challenges, I would say, you know, making making sure that um, it has the appropriate level of reporting uh, for both, let's say, your uh, analysts, uh, management, SOC management, even executives. Many of the solutions do have really good, really interesting uh, executive level reports. Um, and I think that's really where it can help show its value at the appropriate board level. Uh, so that would that would be something to consider uh, as far as a, a best practice. And um, what role does attack service management play in the context of threat modeling and risk management? You know, as, as I was mentioning, it can be a very pivotal piece of that, uh, especially if you're looking for, you know, more advanced solutions that have breach and attack simulation capabilities. Uh, they can give you very specific attack path uh, predictions, attack path modeling. Uh, it can, in, in many ways, I think it can be very helpful as an add-on or, or maybe even replace, you know, some types of uh, red teaming activities. I think it's, uh, definitely something that can aid in those kinds of activities around, um, you know, attack path modeling. Let's see. Well, I think that's all the questions we've got. So, yeah, wanted to thank everyone for attending today. Uh, and I would encourage you, please, go take a look at our KC Open Select site uh, and and work your way through that, look through the attack surface management. There are a number of other solution types that are out there. Uh, so feel free to uh, go in, use it. And if you have questions, uh, contact us. We'll be happy to help. Thank you.